You're listening to another hope-filled podcast from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifenz.org. To make a breakthrough happen, not just in the graciousness, the generosity of your pastors and including other churches and being a blessing. They're just world-class people. They want everyone in on the momentum of this season of breakthrough at Life Church. It's, that's such a kingdom thing, unusual, but so close to God's heart. But the story of Perez is really interesting, and, and the story is that he, his mother was a woman named Tamar. And Tamar was married into the house of Judah. She married one of Judah's sons. It's in the book of Genesis. And that man was a bad man, and we don't know what he did, but the Bible says just God killed him. So you, you know you've done something wrong that, that if God ignores the whole rest of the world and kills you. So her husband died. And then she was given by Leverite principle to the next son so she could have a male heir because those male heirs would take care of their mothers, their sisters, their families. She didn't have one yet. And the second son mistreated her too when he was taken out. And so she said every man in her story fail her. Every leader fail her. Every person that should have carried her, dropped her, betrayed her. And she's now promised to the young son, but the young son's not married. He's not old enough to be married yet. And she figured out after a little while that Judah was lying to her, that he wasn't going to give her to a third son. He blamed her for the death of his sons, but he was the reason they died. He, his, his immorality became the issue with his sons. But anyways, so she figures it all out, and she outsmarts him, and she has a baby through Judah himself by deceiving um, him and not telling him who she really was in this encounter. It's really rated R. It's in the Bible. It's better than a soap opera. Just read your Bible. It's got amazing stuff in there. And so she gets pregnant. Finally, they can't hide the pregnancy, and, and it's a scandal, a big scandal. And she's, you know, they drag her before Judah and say, look at your daughter-in-law. She's pregnant without being married. And, and, and she, she said, well, I just want to say one thing. The man who gave me this baby also gave me this staff and this this ornament and this emblem, they, they came from Judah. And she held them up and said, the man who gave me this child gave me. And Judah said, wow, let's be merciful to her. He changed his mind. He had a change of opinion. But she's pregnant. Now, when it came time for birth, she had twins. Now, now please get this. Breakthrough people have a double portion grace in their life to, to see God do magnificent things. If you've been, listen, discouragement, Often is the greatest when breakthrough is the closest. And so you hold on because there's not just a breakthrough, there's a double portion, a twice as much breakthrough. God gave Job twice as much. For all your shame, I'll give you double honor. God knows how to not just bless you, but do twice as much as what would have happened. And so she's, she's, in, the, the, she's uh, in labor now delivering these children, these twins, and, and one of the babies sticks out his hands. And, and so they tie because twins, the firstborn in twins or triplets or more multiple births got the double portion. And so they tie a little ribbon on the baby's hand, but then all of a sudden the hand goes back into the womb. And the Bible says this, and to their surprise, the other son came out first. Not the one with the ribbon on, not the one everyone thought would break through, not the, not the one everyone christened as the, the breakthrough one. It was the other one. The other son had a breakthrough spirit. The other son who wasn't anointed by public opinion, he broke through. There are people in this room that no one thought you could break through, but you have a breakthrough spirit. You have a breakthrough, tenacious passion. 
and you broke through in spite of not having a rib and not, in spite of people not being for you. And so the nurse then said, how did you break through? Therefore, his name was Perez Breakthrough. He broke through because his mother broke through. His mother's name is Tamar, which means palm tree. In Arizona, we have palm trees. that come from the desert where we don't have the stuff you have here, trees and water. We're, we're, we're just a vast desert. We're a big city, but it's a desert. It's beautiful. It's Sonoran Desert. It's got cactus and all kinds of things. But I just love, listen, New Zealand's one of the most beautiful places in the world. It is magnificently beautiful. The people are beautiful. This church is beautiful. It's, it's just an awesome thing what God's doing in this country. But her name means palm tree. It means to be straight. But it means, so a palm tree in Arizona, they grow because they don't need a lot of water. They can survive arid or dry conditions. They know how to overcome when it's a season of withering difficulty. There are people in this room that have gone through difficulties that maybe other trees would have died, but you didn't die. You're here today because you have a breakthrough spirit. Aren't you glad that your pastors carry a breakthrough grace? That they withered disappointment and betrayal and failure and bad reports and adversity for 27 years. And now look what the Lord has done. And so the second thing about a palm tree is it's tremendously resilient. There's an elastic component in its nature, and so a palm tree can bend. In fact, a palm tree can literally touch the ground all the way down to a horizontal position and bounce back up. When a hurricane comes to Florida, Florida, all the trees are gone but the palm trees because they know how to take a licking and keep on ticking. They can go down, but they bounce back. There are people in this room that have bounced back from life's difficulties that you should have never been able to recover from, but you're a palm tree. You're a breakthrough spirit person. You have a grace, a tenacious faith. You have a resilient spirit. And so God's given you that capacity to break through. So that's the story of Perez and Tamar. And they said, may your house be a house of breakthrough. So I just want to say a couple things about this church. This church possesses the DNA, the culture, the kingdom elements that make up revival or a breakthrough house. You have breakthrough praise and worship. Come on, give it up for the worship team. They're world-class awesome. You have breakthrough prayer and intercession. There's powerful, you can feel it coming on the campus, the presence of God here, people praying. You have breakthrough anointed biblical preaching and teaching for your wonderful pastors. Teaching God's word, giving you the truth of God's word. There's breakthrough strategic planning, thinking, and community outreach. You're doing things that other churches haven't done as far as reaching the community to strategic kingdom thinking. That's not normal. You have a breakthrough vision next week. Can't wait to hear. Great breakthrough vision and dream for this church. There's, there's a breakthrough thirst for God's presence. There's a breakthrough hunger for souls to be saved. So all the things that God cares about, these things are all breakthrough ingredients. When you mix them all together, it creates a house of breakthrough. That's what you belong to. And those graces will be in your life. So, um, uh, the, the, the powerful thing is your breakthrough wasn't just getting into this building. Your breakthrough season is reaching this whole city. That you haven't seen the time will come when this church is full multiple times, not just twice or three times on Sunday, but you'll be full four or five times on Sunday, three or four times on Thursday, on uh, Saturday, two or three times on Friday. There'll be such a harvest of souls that God's going to change the way we look at the church because People will be coming here every day because the whole city is being awakened to Christ. The whole city being drawn to the kingdom. 
God's raised you up for such a time as this. This is your best time. This is your harvest time. This is your breakthrough time. And because you're here, it's not just the church breaking through. It's you breaking through. Your family, your house, your marriage, your children, your life, your story is going to break through too. So you can't hang around this breakthrough pastor and not get a breakthrough spirit. In the New Testament, there's a great scripture, great story in Mark chapter 2 about breakthrough. And I want you to read it with me because it really uh, shows us our engagement, our participation with God's purpose to create outcomes that we desire that God has promised a breakthrough spirit. So in chapter 2 of Mark, verse 1, the Bible says this. Again, Jesus entered Capernaum after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. Immediately, many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door, and he preached the word to them. Just a couple of things. People will rush to any house that hosts Jesus. The reason why people are coming to Life Church is that Jesus is here. His presence is here. His word is being teached to, taught here. And the time will come when you don't talk, that, that church won't be a weekend event. It'll be a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, because the whole city is coming to the house that is hosting Jesus. Get ready for revival. Get ready for thing, a mind-blowing kind of harvest of souls. Get ready for what God's always called Auckland, New Zealand to be. A breakthrough city all around the world. Great leaders were born here, raised here, and sent to Australia, sent to the nations. This church, this city, this country is a birthing womb, is a kingdom womb to give birth to greatness. Great movements came out of the city, and now it's your time. Now it's cycled back around. It's your time, Auckland. It's your time, New Zealand. It's your time, Life Church. Many, 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 many breakthroughs are in the mind of God and heart of God for you. So everyone's coming to the place where Jesus is at. And verse 2 says, uh, verse 3 says, Then they came to Jesus, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. So four men carried their friends to Jesus. Let me just say a couple of things. Your friends are a prophecy of your future. If you want a better future, ask God for better friends. And so they're bringing, and so I, pastor said to the leaders, it was a great challenge. And he said to them, don't just invite people to church, bring people to church. Be a bringer, not just an inviter. Carry people, help them be a part of their access to Christ because this man couldn't get there without friends. He couldn't get there without people caring for him, without people literally sacrificing their time and being a part of his healing journey. And so they carried this man to Jesus and when they couldn't come near Jesus because of the crowd, the crowd's full, this overflow crowd, they couldn't get into the doors, get through the window. Uh, so when they, the, the next verse says in verse 4 of Mark 2, when they had broken through, Jesus didn't break through, they broke through. Everybody's waiting for God to break through. God's waiting for you to break through. I believe in heavenly breakthroughs. I believe in sovereign moments where we do literally nothing. In heaven bursts forth a great season of harvest. Or, but there are so many breakthroughs God's waiting for you to initiate. There are so many things. Your faith can create an outcome that you desire. Your faith can see your family saved. You can be the person that breaks through and sees healing come 
freedom come, life come to people you love and care for. So when they had broken through, they let down the man on the bed in which he was lying. So, so let me get this right. They refused to accept no as an answer. Uh, it, it, in every journey, in every destiny journey, people that have a breakthrough spirit never let adversity stop them from their journey to destiny. Adversity tests the measure of our determination. How badly do we want what God's promised? How badly do we want it North Campus? How badly do we want it South Campus? How badly do we want it Melbourne? Because we want to be people that don't quit when things get tough. That we don't give up because life somehow, adversity is never a sign that God's against you or God's opposed to you or he's angry with you. It's simply the devil trying to steal your assignment and stop your journey. But if you won't stop, if you won't quit, you're going to win. We win by not quitting. We win by not giving up. And so they said, let's look at this problem differently. I love the strategic thinking of Pastor Paul. In fact, he's challenging his staff. He probably drives them crazy sometimes. By initiating new thought processes. Hey, let's do this different. Have we thought about doing this? That kind of creative thinking, out-of-the-box thinking, is so good for the church because we get stuck in ruts. Praise God for that kind of leadership you have here. And so think about that. They, they lifted a man who could not walk. He's laying on the bed. He's laying on a cot. He's tied up. And how did they get him on the, on the roof? They must have wrapped ropes around him. They must have pulled him up. And so here he is between heaven and earth, dangling there. And sometimes it looks like we're upside down, but we're really in the center of God's will. Sometime on the way to our breakthrough, life can be confusing, and it looks like, where am I? Can you imagine he's halfway up there, and they're trying not to drop him, and the rope's swinging, and he's on the bed. He's like, what's going on? What's going on? We have to trust God in the process, even when things look differently than we thought. He knows how to get us there, so they get him to the roof, and the Bible says, when they broke through, it just kind of fast-forwards that. And, and, and so, how did they break through? They, they, well, they, we think it was probably a thatched roof. They tore open the thatched roof. Now, I love the thought of being Jesus. He's teaching there, everyone. Can you imagine hearing Jesus? Can you imagine what it would be like to hear a sermon Jesus preached? Wow. Everyone just tuned in, and Jesus is preaching. Blessed are the poor in the spirit. All of a sudden, a, a piece of straw comes down. He's, he's focused. He's not going to let that distract him. Oh, here comes another one. All of a sudden, four or five pieces of straw come down. All of a sudden, a bunch of straw comes down. He finally says, what's going on? He looks up there, and he starts seeing the sun. He starts seeing the sky. They're, they're, they're opening the heaven. They're opening a closed environment. They're raising the roof. They're removing a barrier. They refuse to be kept from Christ. And so, and so he just, I, I, I just imagine him stopping saying, I got to see this. And, and they lower the man down in the ropes. Here, here he comes lowered down. And, and so the next verse kind of gives us how Christ interpreted that moment. Verse 5 says, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, sons, your, 
son, your sins are forgiven you. Just a couple of points. The, the man on the bed had no faith. The man on the roof had all the faith. Your faith can save your family. Your faith can get someone else to Jesus. See, see if, 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 if we start doing what this group of men did, if we start targeting people that need Jesus, by our faith we can see them get miracles. We can see them be made whole. We can see their lives be restarted. Oh, my goodness gracious. God, give us faith to believe for the, for the most broken person in Auckland to be saved. For the most bound person here to be delivered. <clears throat> for the most sick person to be. God, give us faith to bring people to you. Knowing you'll touch them. I have faith for breakthroughs because I've had a breakthrough. My, my wife and I started our first church when we were 27. And um, God blessed it in a city called Scottsdale, my boyhood town. And it grew up. Our first worship leader that hired was Israel Houghton. I hired him at 19. God gave me, God showed me who he'd be. It was just a great blessing. He grew and prospered. Just amazing things happened. One after another, our church grew to, in 10 years to about 4,500 on the weekends. And we were building a, a building before that, 4,800-seat auditorium after our, our, in our 10th year. And in August of that year, our church treasurer, who was a local businessman that had a, a financial institution where we kept all of our money at, embezzled $20 million from our church. He took all of our money, took all my money, took all the church's money, took 2,000 families' money. Just, just It was a horrible thing. So our building program stopped. Our church grew from 4,500 to 140 people, 10 front-page stories, total collapse, six lawsuits, 15 concurrent attorneys. I became clinically depressed. I knew I was clinically depressed because I was finishing my Ph.D. in psychology. I laid in my own bed and said, you're very sick. I said, I know I'm sick. Back off, Jack. And all of those things really happened. And I was 37 years old and thought my life was over. And we were homeless for a season. We lost that building. We lost everything. And life just got really hard. My son became, oldest son became addicted to drugs. And uh, I, I ballooned. I, I, I've never done drug or alcohol, but I did donuts and chocolate. That was, that was my drug of choice, up to about 330 pounds. And uh, so life just was really hard and difficult. And, and, and um, I, I wrote a country western album. Because apparently if you get depressed enough, you turn country. <laughs> Sorry if you like country music. And so all those things happen. And, and I thought life was over and I wasn't even 40. And then Jesus started talking to me. He said, Michael Charles Maiden, would you like to not hurt anymore? Would you like to be healed of all the pain you feel? Yes, I would, Lord. In fact, I wrote out a couple things. If you kill all these people, I'll be healed. Here's, here's, Lord, I don't care how you kill them. It's up to you. Angels or disease or just open the earth and swallow them alive and close. Lord, your will be done in Christ's name. Amen. And then he said to me, Michael, if you forgive the people that hurt you, I'll make you forget the pain they've caused you. It sounded too good to be true. I, 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 I preach forgiveness. And sometimes it's easy to forgive people, and sometimes it's hard. And, and, and so I said to God in my mind, God, I'll do it, but I won't mean it because my heart won't feel what my mouth says. And, and the Lord gave me a vision, a beautiful vision, a mental picture, and I, I saw a long train. 
and it, uh, like over a mile long, and, and, and the big engine had emblazoned across it the word faith, and down hundreds of cars was the caboose, the last car, and it said feelings, and then I got what God was saying, that when I act in faith, obeying God's word, eventually my feelings will follow. I don't have to wait to feel it to do it. That faith, we walk by faith, not by sight or feelings or emotions or circumstance. So I started praying for the people that had hurt me and um, started blessing them. And it was kind of a, 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 a tough thing. And about five or six weeks into it, I prayed four times a day for those people. The Lord came into my car, visited me, and he took away. I started weeping uncontrollably, which I don't weep easily. And I realized while I was weeping that I wasn't hurting anymore. My heart wasn't hurt anymore. I go, I don't hurt anymore. And I felt love for the people that had broke my heart. I was called to, to testify against the man who stole money in federal court. And they put me to a holding room after that event. And I thought I would be there by myself. And, and the moment I walked in, the person, a woman at the far end of a long wooden table, dropped her head so hard it hit the, it hit the, the table like a thud. And she started uncontrollably weeping. And I thought she, I didn't know who it was. I thought she was having a medical emergency. I literally ran across the room, maybe 30 feet to her. When I got close to her, I realized she was saying a mantra over and over and over. And she was saying, can you ever forgive me? Can you ever forgive me? Can you? And when she lifted up her head, I realized there was a woman who said a vicious lie about me that the paper used as the headline of the front page. Pastor Maiden did this. I hadn't done that, and she had lied. People lose their money, they lose their minds sometimes. And so here I am with a woman who crucified me in the public square. And so what, what's going to happen? I felt, listen to me, I had forgiven her. I felt oceans of love for her. I put her head in my chest and said, please don't cry for me. I don't hurt. Jesus took the pain away. And for the next 15 minutes, I counseled a person who helped destroy my life. Only Jesus can give us that kind of love. And he will if we forgive. I love being a grandfather. Come on, life doesn't get better than that. Come on, grandfather. It's just so, so, so fun. I take the oldest five grandkids on, on dates with Poppy. And uh, we just do, we spent a couple of hours at the video arcade. I had to text my wife, sweetheart. I love you, but I've gone over budget. So my budget was like 60 bucks. I spent 250 bucks just at the video arcade. Please forgive me. I can't say no to these kids. And then we went out to eat. And then we had Starbucks. They got hot cocoa. And then we went to a movie. And I was so proud of myself for not falling asleep during the movie because it was an eight-hour date. That just happened last week or two weeks ago. I love those little people that are awesome. They're wonderful. And my heart's filled. There's nothing they could ever do to make me stop loving them. Uh, that's how God thinks about you. There's nothing you can do to make him stop loving you. He'll never give up on you. He'll never walk away from you. He'll never turn you up. But anyways, for my birthday, my birthday was Tuesday. And but last Sunday, so the grandkids came on the stage. They were saying what they liked about, what you like most about Poppy. And so my, my grandson, Roman, said, I like Poppy because at his house, there's no rules. <laughs> it's true. I said, forget what your parents say. At this house, do anything you want. Just don't burn it down. And my granddaughter, uh, um, 
um, who's so precocious, London, she said, I love Poppy because he's the funnest person in the whole world. That's going on my tombstone. Here lies the funnest person in the whole world. And so I, I, I wasn't supposed to be like that because my heart was broken. I was depressed. I was sad. But look at Jesus. Jesus healed me. And my grandchildren only know a happy grandfather because of Jesus. If he can heal me, he could, if I, I so, so listen to me. So um, we did, I, I made a horrible mistake by not being more engaged in the finances of our church. I kind of didn't want to worry about that. I made a thousand mistakes. One thing I did right was I didn't give up. And so I found out that ultimately that's the most important thing. Your comeback begins when you stop giving up. When you refuse to give up. Don't give up. Give God the chance to write a good ending to your story. And so God, we started a church 15 years ago. God's blessed it. A bunch of campuses. God gave us a 2400-seat auditorium years ago, a few years ago for free. My favorite word in English language. Free. Free. And, man, just people come to our church just to see the, my wife calls me Lazarus, the miracle. Breakthroughs happen when we don't quit. These men didn't quit on their friend. I don't care. My son was on drugs for seven years. Don't give up on kids. Don't give up on people. Now my son's a pastor, a businessman, a leader. Such a great young man, world-class person. Man, there are so many miracles waiting to happen if we will break through and not quit. If we'll change the way we think. If we'll break through limiting thought process and paradigms of, of, of thought in the church or family or business. Man, there are so many breakthroughs ready to happen. Let's tear open the roof. Let's access a new wisdom. Let's access a breakthrough. Why, why can't you break through? If God broke through for Pastor Paul and Marie in this church, it's your time for a breakthrough. If God broke through for me, he can break through for you. When they let him down in the rope, Jesus said to the man, son, your sins are forgiven you. The greatest breakthrough in life is the forgiveness of sins. That's the breakthrough that hinges on, our eternity hinges on. How many are grateful I was caught up? We sang one of Israel's songs today. Jesus at the center of all. I was, I was caught up. It's just so true. The older you get, the more perspective you get. Nothing else matters. If your family is serving God, if you're serving God, man, that's it. The most satisfying place in life. To walk in fellowship with Christ. And, and, and so there are people here today that are going to come to Christ and receive that gift, receive forgiveness. And there are people here today, it's time for your breakthrough. That God says, let's look at this thing a different way. Let's take another look at your problem. Let's take another look at your no. Let's take another look at the limitations life tries to squeeze you into. Well, Pastor, I'd, I'd like to do more, but I didn't finish school. God can use you anyways. You're one idea away from a business breakthrough. You're one prayer away from a family breakthrough. God, help us to recalibrate our expectations and to enter into a breakthrough spirit like this church has. Jesus said to that man, your sins are forgiven you. And then he said to him finally, son, take up your bed and walk. I should be in a mental hospital. I should be sitting in a bar drinking myself. I should have gone to a premature death. I should have do drugs. I was so broken. No one gave me a chance but Jesus. When everyone left, he stayed. And I just want to say this to you. Your story's not over. God's not giving up on you. He never will. 
And so in this moment, may God awaken inside of you a new faith, a new hope, a new, a new expectation. You know your heart is healthy when it dreams again. God made your heart to be a dream factory. If you're not dreaming, something's broken. I knew I was healthy when my heart started dreaming again. My first message, Pastor Paul, 15 years ago to a church, I read at a huge auditorium almost this big because I saw what God was going to do. And 63 people showed up. And I preached to 63 people. And it was funny because there were like two here and four there. You know, I said, why could you all just sit together? I preached 1010, will be a church of 10,000, have 10,000 campuses. And 63 people thought, that poor guy's lost his mind. He's been through a lot. But they didn't know my heart was dreaming. My heart was, nobody laughing today. Nobody laughing today. Because dreams come true when dreams are from God. When you don't give up on your dream. Oh. God, restore our dreams. Restore our destinies. God, thank you for this breakthrough house. That this church is going to come to the realization of what you've done, what you're a part of, and what God's going to do in the whole country, in the whole world because of you. I pray in Christ's name. I'm, I'm all, all done. I pray that, that, that you'll start taking up the bed. Now I, I tell everybody my story. The thing I laid on, depression, now is my testimony that Jesus can heal you. If you're depressed, he can heal you. If you're discouraged, he can lift you up. You can carry the thing that you were dependent on. Whatever it is. And lastly, I pray today for everyone here. Would you just lift your hands if you're okay with that and, or just receive from God. God, I thank you that there's a breakthrough grace upon this church. A tangible, dynamic, spiritual environment, a culture that everyone that comes here, like the man who came to David in Adullam, every man and every woman that comes here and sits under the ministry of Paul and Maria, Luke and the staff, that every single one of those people are called to greatness. That you awaken something inside of them that's been dormant or lost, sleeping or stolen. And the mighty man of valor that David raised up didn't come that way. This is a house of champions. This is a womb of greatness, God. This is a house of breakthrough. And I boldly declare that breakthroughs happen to every member of this church. Let a breakthrough season, God, begin with family salvation, healings and deliverances, restorations and breakthrough, with business breakthroughs, with all kinds of ideas and associations, the divine appointments and supernatural favor. Let breakthrough, God, reign upon this house. Until the whole city sees a, a spotlight on this house. If you want a breakthrough, go to Life Church. If you want a new start, go to Life Church. If you need a miracle, go to Life Church. If you need a, a resurrection, go to Life Church. This is a breakthrough house. And nothing's impossible here. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Life. If you have questions or want to contact someone about this message, visit lifenz.org.